0: It's Climate Week, and in honor of Climate Week, this is a great time to talk about the Inflation Reduction Act, which has been bellyhooed as the largest climate legislation ever enacted. And they're not kidding. Let's dig in. Welcome to Linksploration Bay Area. Climate change. We look at it up, down, and sideways. We follow the links between climate change and so many other issues. And all of it with a local twist. Hi, this is Jean Rosenmeier, and I'm your host for today's bonus mini-sode of Exploration Bay Area. I promised you during our solar episode that I would talk about the Inflation Reduction Act, and being as it's climate Week, this is a great time to talk about it, because it is a pretty amazing piece of legislation. Let's start with the stuff that's going to affect you, the consumer, directly. First of all, as you probably heard already... The credit for installing solar electric panels, also solar water, small wind facilities, geothermal heat pumps, and fuel cell facilities has been put back to 30% where it was before they started phasing it out. This does not include solar equipment for heating, swimming pools, and spas, by the way. But it does include batteries and something that's brand new. It includes either your primary or secondary residence, So I could imagine uh, there's going to be a bunch of people up at Tahoe putting solar on their second homes. Then there's the Energy Efficient Home Improvement Credit. This used to be a big nothing. It had a $500 lifetime cap and was 10% of whatever you spent for things like insulation, efficient furnaces, double-pane windows and doors, etc. But that has been greatly expanded. Now, it's $600 per item for the following four categories. Advanced air circulating fans, efficient heater furnaces, air sealing insulation like windows and doors, Electrical panel upgrades to install any of the things I just listed. So each of those has a $600 lifetime cap. The overall limit per taxpayer is $1,200. Now they also added a $2,000 credit for installing a heat pump or biomass stove heating, and another $600 on top of that for the installation. Plus, you can have a credit of 30% up to 150 bucks for a home energy audit, so this is a good time to figure out what you can do to make your home more efficient. Now, I know you're all waiting for this, the electric vehicle credit. This is confusing. It includes fuel cell vehicles. Let's just start with that, and it's going to be good till 2032. There was a credit, and it had a cap of 200,000 vehicles. That's gone. There's no cap on this thing now. So it's up to $7,500 per vehicle. It can be a new or a used vehicle, but you've got to be the second owner of a used vehicle. And the maximum for used cars is $4,000. Half the tax credit is dependent upon whether the critical minerals used in the car are sourced from countries with which we have a free trade agreement. In 2023, it's got to be 40% from free trade countries goes up 10% per year till it gets to 80%. The other 37.50 of the credit requires the battery components to be assembled in North America. At least 50% assembly in North America in 2023. Now, there is another requirement that's the key sticking point and that is that the final assembly must be done in North America. That would be US, Mexico, Canada or Puerto Rico. And that's a problem for a lot of cars. So how do you know if a car qualifies? Well, good luck. The IRS has a site in which you can put the VIN number of the car you are thinking about purchasing. And it will tell you whether it's eligible. We know that as of now, these four are not eligible. Hyundais, Porsches, Toyotas, and Kias. Teslas are eligible. And some Fords, specifically the Lightning, the new pickup truck, some Chevys. And for the rest of them, you got to put in the VIN number to see if they are assembled in the U.S. because some are and some aren't. And you have to provide the VIN number on your tax return if you want to get the credit. So this is going to be a lot of fun. The only other thing I want to mention about that is that it's limited to one vehicle per taxpayer per year. So if you buy a new car and then buy a used car, gotta pick. For used cars, they do not have to be assembled in North America. But the critical minerals requirement where the minerals have to come from free trade countries and the battery component assembly 50% requirement, that does apply to used cars. So if you're thinking of a used car, once again, gotta go to the website, put in your VIN number. And that's pretty much it for you, dear listeners, unless you're in in business. But I still think it would be fun to run through the other things because they didn't leave much out, let me tell you. Let's go to commercial tax incentives. There's a qualified commercial clean vehicle credit for basically any vehicle that's not internal combustion. It's a 30% credit up to $7,500 for cars but up to 40000 for trucks. Hello, Amazon. You understand that. There's also an Advanced Manufacturing Production Tax Credit, which is a tax credit for producing the parts that would go in the qualified commercial clean vehicles. Then there's also the Energy Efficient Commercial Building Deduction. It's not a credit. It's a deduction, but it's great. So let's imagine you've got a building, has to be at least five years old, and you retrofit it. Normally, you have to depreciate that over 39 years. But if you retrofit it so that it uses at least 25% less energy than it did before, you get to immediately deduct the cost of the retrofit. It's a great deal for commercial building owners. Then there's the energy efficient home credit for contractors, which is to say anybody who builds a house or a multifamily building or a commercial building. It's a $2,500 credit for homes meeting ENERGY STAR efficiency standards. It's $5,000 credit for zero energy ready homes, $1,000 credit for manufactured homes, and $500 to $1,000 per unit for multifamily buildings. 500 if you meet Energy Star Efficiency Standards, $1,000 a unit if it's zero energy. There's also credits to encourage low-income communities to build energy-efficient housing. And then, there's a whole series of credits for clean energy production. Name a source of energy other than burning oil or gas, and it has a credit to encourage development. So... There's a credit for the development of wind, solar, biomass, and some hydroelectric plants. There's a credit for zero-emission nuclear plants. The rules on that have not been written yet, so we don't know how they're going to define that. There's a credit for clean hydrogen production. There's a credit for clean fuel production. There's a credit for renewable energy storage. There's credit for building charging stations in rural and low-income areas. There's a credit for producing sustainable aviation fuel. There's a credit called the Advanced Energy Project Credit for building clean manufacturing facilities. There's a Carbon Capture and Sequestration Credit. And just in case they missed anything, there is the Clean Energy Production Credit Credit which is for any kind of clean energy that they didn't think of among the other nine credits. Now, it's interesting how they're going to pay for this. It's paid for, they think. They're going to have a corporate alternative minimum tax, only this time with some teeth, but only for large corporations. So what happens with these corporations is they publish financial statements that are audited to SEC standards, and they show all this income, and then they file their tax return, and it has zero income. So this is going to take the difference between the financial statement income that they tell investors and the bogus income that they have on their tax return, and it's going to assess tax on that. The corporate AMT rate is 15%, and it's calculated on their, it's their adjusted financial statement income, but basically it's the financial statement income. And that would be only for corporations with over a billion dollars of annual receipts. So uh, it's not coming for you. There's going to be an excise tax on stock buybacks. So what corporations do is they get profitable. And do they actually invest it in their business? No. They buy stock back from people they have issued stock to. If you're an investor, you've probably gotten these offers to buy your stock back. This is not what we're trying to encourage them to do. And so they've decided to have an excise tax on these buybacks, trying to encourage corporations to actually invest money in their business. So there's an excise tax of 1% on stock buybacks calculated as a percent of the fair market value of the stocks when they're repurchased. The other thing that the IRA does is I'm sure you've heard this, gives money to the IRS. And when the IRS gets more money, they bring in more money. It's a money-earning proposition to properly fund the IRS. Now, if the state of California would only fund the Franchise Tax Board, but that's a topic for another day. The thing about the IRS is, speaking as a tax accountant, is you never can get a hold of them. They don't open their mail for six months. They just don't have enough money. They have the same amount of money that they've had for 20 years. And meanwhile, the population has grown. The tax laws get more complicated. These guys, they can't find things on their computers because the computer systems are so old. It's very frustrating actually dealing with them as a professional. So there's $25 billion for operations support, which is everything from rent to a new phone system. Yay. Etc. Cetera, et cetera, all kinds of administration expenses that they've been really shorted on lately. There's going to be $3 billion for taxpayer services, which is hooray. They're finally going to have enough people on the phones. It has been a nightmare for the last five years. I'm breaking out the champagne, tell you that. So they're going to take this money, and some of it they're going to use to audit the kinds of taxpayers they used to audit. When I was first working as an accountant, I worked for Baxter Travenal, And there was a guy in one of the offices there who worked for the IRS. He was just there all the time. They were constantly being audited. But they don't do that anymore because it takes too much personnel. And they have to be pretty well-trained personnel to find the kinds of things that these big taxpayers can do to hide income. So this is going to give them some money to do that. But don't expect that they're going to be coming for you because there's not enough money to be made there. They are going to try to pick up the taxpayers who owe the big bucks and in my opinion, that's what they should be doing. Anyway, so IRS is going to get more money. They're going to tax stock buybacks and they're going to have a corporate AMT. And they think it's going to be paid for, although it depends on just how many, you know, how many people take them up on these credits. The word on the street is that there's a lot of action already and I hope that's true because we need to act fast for climate change, don't we? In addition to the tax credits which are available to anybody, the Inflation Reduction Act also provides funding for the states to administer rebate programs for purchasing, well there's two of them. One program will be called the Homes program It'll be performance-based rebates for whole house energy saving retrofits. And then there's the H-E-E-H-R-A, HeRA program. And that'll be point-of-sale rebates for qualified electrification projects. That would be the purchase and installation of electric heat pumps and electric stoves certified by Energy Star program, among other things. Basically, that would be induction stoves. So these rebates are going to be available to low and moderate income households. That is to say, income under 80% of the local median income will have the full rebate and then partial ones for income up to 150% of the local median income. This program is not available yet. The California Energy Commission is going to start holding workshops to design the program toward the end of 2023, i.e. pretty soon, and the rebate should become available in 2024. It's all funded by the Inflation Reduction Act. Well, just for grins, I looked up what the Bay Area median household income was. It's $128,501. That means that 80% is $102,521. Of course, we don't know how the California Energy Commission is going to design the program and how they're going to handle differing household sizes. And I guess we'll find that out. But watch this space and keep your eyes peeled because these rebates should be coming in 2024. And they sound like they're going to be fairly widely available. So that's all I'm going to say today about the IRA, but I would be happy to answer questions if anybody wants to email me a question at linksploration at gmail.com. And check out the show notes because I will put a link to the IRS site where you can put in your VIN number and find out if your car qualifies for the credit. I just want to put in one caveat, which is Though I am a tax professional, this is a very long and complicated piece of tax law. So you may find that I've made a mistake or two. Please feel free to email me about it. And don't take it to the bank without talking to your own tax professional. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. Exploration Bay Area is an independent podcast. You can find photos, show notes, and our archives on our website at linksploration.com. You can email us at linksploration at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This is Jean and Christy signing off until next time.